Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is episode 500. Started the show in 2018, and now we're at the 500th episode somehow. Absolutely blown away that it's even lasted this long. I've been through over the years why I started the show, how I started the show. I've been a sports nut my entire life, played baseball, football, all the way up to college, and started a fantasy football channel just to hang out with my friends and chat with leagues, and it blossomed into something more and started creating a fan network, and here we are. So I've been blessed to have 500 episodes, have an incredibly special guest on the show today, Cynthia Freeland the NFL analytics expert. Very blessed to have her on the show. We're going to talk second half breakouts, some fades, some player trends, anywhere the episode takes us, and we're going to have a great time doing it. I want to give everyone huge thanks and appreciation for the support over the last couple of years through these 500 episodes. Of course, on my 400th episode, dialing back a little bit, I had the late Mike Tagliere, good friend of mine, passed away, unfortunately, uh, just about a month ago from complications with covid uh, pillar in the fantasy football industry, but I had him on for my 400th episode, and it was an absolute uh, blessing and privilege to have him on as well. So we've had a lot of fun on the show, and cheers to 500 more. But without any further ado, let me bring on Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, it's so great to have you on and see you again. Uh, you and I have a, a brief connection, um, but we have uh, I've, I've yet to have you on this show somehow, unfortunately, but uh, I'm so happy to have you on now. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on 500. I appreciate the Barry Sanders jersey. This is yeah. all great. You got, you're awesome. I really appreciate it. So yeah, kind. right on. Absolutely. And, and obviously you're, you're a Lions fan, which we'll get into later. I know it's tough days, uh, but Barry Sanders, um, you know, I grew up in the, in the nineties and and he was really him and, and Brett Favre uh, were really the two players, Steve Young. And so in that, in that era, Jerry Rice were the really the pillars to make me enjoy football and Barry Sanders was just, I could watch highlights all day long and um, just one of the best people on off the field as well. I always love his celebration of scoring a touchdown and handing the ball right to the referee. Uh, I really appreciated that too. So um, absolutely fantastic player. And I wanted to uh, represent the Lions for you on the show. All right, so yeah, then we've got a lot to cover. Lions, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a lot to cover in a short time to do it. So again, I appreciate you being on for 500th episode. Let's have some fun. We'll dive right into it here, and we got to talk second half football. So all of a sudden, we blink. We have a crazy off season. We're excited for kickoff. Here comes kickoff. We play a month. We play two months. Waivers start picking up trades. Yada yada. We're halfway through the season already in fantasy football. Somehow, it is absolutely wild. So I would like to know, and I know our listeners would like to know, some of your second half. League winners. Everybody wants to pick up that waiver wire stud. Everyone wants to make that trade now that doesn't look so great, but will be later. How can we get ahead of the second half of the season? I think you need to really figure out your running back situation first. That's where I would start because for whatever reason, it seems like there's a ton of injuries at that position, more so than normal. I don't have the exact data on that, but I, it feels like it just probably because of Derrick Henry and some other ones. But it, it it's an interesting note, especially from the beginning of the season. Yes, you're getting Christian McCaffrey back, but I don't know. So for me, when I look at all of the things, it's Najee Harris. I I was thinking, okay, I'm a little like confused. I, I knew he got a lot of volume, then he started to look really good. But I think you'd be very smart after this week, which again, they play the Lions. Najee Harris should have a monster game. And if you have him, I think this would be a great week to trade him away. 
Not to say that I don't like him going forward, but I think he's going to have what's I, I think he's going to have some sort of rookie wall. I he never last season was super weird in college. They didn't play normal schedules. This is the longest season ever. So I'm just just that's my that's my like that's how I'm playing that one. So looking for maybe someone like Jonathan Taylor, who someone got a lot of they're thinking, I don't know, are the Colts good? I don't know, whatever. But then, you know, Jonathan Taylor is very good. And I think his schedule going forward is great, too. So when I look, it's like get rid of Alvin Kamara. I think he'll peak, too. I think he's got a great schedule left, but you could get so much for him in return. And then maybe get a guy like, like get Jonathan Taylor or get a guy who people are like, oh, like, is he, is this team good? I don't know. So that's that's kind of the strategy I'm taking. That's a great call. And running backs always seem to be that gold nugget in fantasy football, especially this year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott's been challenged, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, the list goes on, injuries, COVID, what have you. It's been tough at the top. And obviously King Henry going down recently as well. You mentioned Najee Harris, and not necessarily a fade, like you don't want Najee Harris on your team, obviously, but maybe getting more capital potentially right now to move forward. Is there anyone else that you're looking at any position to potentially move off of now due to schedule, or maybe there's a player coming back who's been IR, what have you, that maybe you're looking to move away from moving forward? I'm getting rid of Debo Samuel. I understand Mm -hmm. that people don't necessarily love that, but and I think he's great. It's not the player. It's George Kittle's coming back. This team needs to figure some things out going forward for their offseason. So it's not that I think the real football, like if I were like, I'm not getting rid of him on my team team, but like for fantasy purposes, I kind of want nothing to do with what's 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 going to potentially happen. Is George Kittle going to be healthy for more than one minute? Is Brandon Ayuk out of the doghouse? What's going on in this situation? I don't want to have to think every week, uh, this one again, Ugh, like that one scares me a bit as well. Um, I also, I'm a real, I have Cooper Cup in many of my mm. leagues. It's going to be interesting. I'm actually more the, the, the Robert Woods tearing his ACL. It's not just plug and play. The, you know, Odell hasn't traditionally ran the same routes that Bobby Trees t- runs. So it's not plug and play here. So is that good for Cooper Cup or not good? So I'm holding on uh, this week. I'm going to try to map it out a little bit, but try to figure out there. But I do think for daily purposes, I'm still going to be on the Van Jefferson kind of lower tier guy. But that's that's more for for fun than it is for you know for a low price guy for a daily lineup than it is for a top end guy. But the Cooper Cup stuff, very interested if it's going to which way that's going to go because he has kind of. You know, he's obviously exceeded our expectations. We did not mm-hmm. draft him as the number one overall wide receiver. Most people did not, at least. Right. And he's, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I know that in none of my leagues that that happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably exceeded expectations. So he might be another one where you might be able to get like a little bit more of a return on that investment because the guys like Devontae Adams are going to just keep picking up steam. Like I'm buying lots of shares of Devontae Adams where, wherever I can get him if I didn't already. I, I targeted him in a lot of my leagues, but – I think Aaron Rodgers coming back from being crazy is going to be just absolutely on a tear. And I think he's, I think, I think it's going to be mostly funneled to Adams. I was just going to ask if, if you were to move cup, where would you go? Because you, you know, it's lonely at the top as they say, and really Adams, maybe Hill, not even Diggs or Hopkins right now would be those guys. So it'd be a tough move. I'm a Niner fan and I've been telling people on this show for, a month and a half to sell Debo Samuel and he keeps producing. So I'm kind of eating crow so far, but I do think there will be a wall eventually. And I hope my man, Brandon Ayuk has a second half as well. Like we saw last year. So hopefully that'll happen in real, like I said, in real football, it's good, but in 
But in fantasy, it's like you're making this decision, and every Sunday you're looking, you're like, <laughs> can 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 you really go for another uh, eighty-three yard broken this tackle? Again? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. This again? I don't yeah, know. I understand. So move move while the getting is good, folks. All right. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia, really, uh, one thing I've I've enjoyed about your work over the years is your your analytical breakdowns and and your number crunching. And and I know you're you having a fascination with math. Obviously, on this show, we have. We really pride ourselves in being statistically based, which for some people in fantasy football, but can be kind of boring. If you're not a numbers person, it's like too much over your head, which I respect. But there's also a lot of channels um, that are really opinion based, and we like to force opinions off of those numbers. And I've always appreciated your work with that. That being said, you have so many number crunches and all these different breakdowns and next gen stats every week, which are just phenomenal. Is there just maybe one or two trends? player trends, analytical trends, positional trends, what have you, that really kind of are setting the tone now for a second half season where we might find a Brandon Ayuk last year who came out of nowhere, was the number four wide receiver in PPR, seemingly out of nowhere as a rookie last year. Is there something that we can kind of dig up looking ahead to the second half? Well, if you look at how teams are operating with their running backs, and this does influence what pass catchers are able to do too, if they're not, it seems like, and the data supports, that if they're not able to get the outside zone, the outside rushing, so rushing outside the tackles, if they can't get teams just the way that people coming out of college, the way O-lines work, the way all these things come together at the same time. Now, take older quarterbacks and kind of put that a little bit, uh, like little asterisk there. It's not necessarily a case for like a Tom Brady or a Tampa Bay Bucks offense, but when the if they can get the run game working with the outside rushes, for example, the Chargers are great are great at this. If if they get if Austin Eckler gets going outside the tackles, then they're going to be in great shape. If he can't really get going outside the tackles, it makes it much harder on Justin Herbert. Why? Because strategically, then you're you're drawing the defense away from where the quarterback would be. They have a chance in play action then to have a, a half a second or just a beat longer, which makes a huge difference in football, right? So the outsides, the 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 tackles rushes are a big key. That's how the Cleveland Browns really operate best. Um, again, my my asterisk there would be you know, like the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world and the Tom Brady's who play a sort of different style of football. I'm talking about sort of newer quarterbacks, younger quarterbacks was the trends where it's going, not necessarily a more, more vintage teams, but, but Aaron Rodgers does, they have good uh, outside the, outside the, uh, outside the tackles rushing and with David Bakhtiari coming back, that should be even better. So when you want to see that, then you see their pass catchers have a much better opportunity as well. So the Browns is going to be interesting to see Does Jarvis Landry actually show up this game? I'm not sure, but I do know that the Patriots do surrender five, have surrendered five touchdowns with no interceptions on quick passes. So, you know, quick ones under 2.5 seconds per next gen stats, but it it will, but all of their pass catchers have a much better opportunity. You know, Donovan Peoples Jones, for example, because of that outside zone and the outside, outside the tackles rushing. I think it's a great call. And the 49ers and the Browns are a great example this year of, the next man up approach is an NFL slogan, obviously, but Elijah Mitchell was the sixth round rookie, not Trey Sermon comes in. Mm-hmm. Mostert goes down. Wilson goes down. The fourth, fifth string guy comes in and mass produces because of the scheme on outside zone. And then right. of course, Dearness Johnson has stepped in very well for the Browns. Yep. And we'll see that again this week. So you're right. Yep. The, the scheme more than, than the players. Sometimes I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on to some of your f- favorite or least favorite schedules for fantasy so this is the time of year where i start diving into my own leagues and i look ahead and i say look this player is incredible he's been great 
but that schedule coming up in the second half, yikes. You know, that, that scares me a little bit. Or this player struggled a little bit, but look at this juicy schedule. You know, last year it was David Montgomery. It was Jonathan Taylor. Those kind of guys exploded in the second half and into the playoffs, partly due to the schedule. So are there any schedules at any position that pop off the page, either positively or negatively? Well, that's why I like Jonathan Taylor's schedule so much, because I think that the Colts are in a good position where Jonathan Taylor will just exceed expectations. Anyone on the Seahawks, now that Russell Wilson's back, maybe pass catchers on the Seahawks, for example, they're going to be in good shape too. They've got some interesting games left. Uh, Jets, Texans, Lions. Hmm. <laughs> Cha-ching. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, it's – it's look, you, you have to look through the matchups by, by your player, but I'm a little – I will give you my, like, word of warning when it comes to people's schedules. You know, some people are just schedule-proof. Like, you know, Derrick Henry is pretty much – like, every once in a while, they'll figure him out for a game, but – it's, it's like one time is the Vikings that do it. And you're like, well, why would they, you know, point being is it's not reliably like people don't have like batter versus pitcher stuff for every position, like really, really well. So, I mean, I think some low key ones that people should keep their eye on is your wide receivers against, against green Bay. J- Jair Alexander is coming back and they're already being really good without rushing. They don't need to blitz to bring pressure, which means they're in, dropping into cover. Any team that doesn't need to rush for and can get a lot of pressure then be you ha- just like put like a little just downgrade your wide receiver output by just a little bit right so i would say more stuff like that like i i mean look the chiefs have an awful schedule but then now they need to be good so and their defense is garbage so they're going to be fine right so you know it's 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 an interesting i mean the defense is getting better i shouldn't say that their sure. defense has not played well right. um but you know long story short it's like whose defense is going to let them down enough so your fantasy points can give you the uptick the bills have a favorable schedule for the most part going forward they they don't like to reuse their running backs so you want pass catchers in that and you know and then the bucks obviously their schedule is pretty nice <laughs> pretty nice remaining schedule so i uh, sure you should do some some of that but i i get i think people get really crazy about it and maybe go a little too overboard because it's on some level like jonathan taylor just a good player because he's a good player and he's gonna be a good play in any game and sure if he plays someone with a really good run defense it they could stop him but also they're still gonna give him the volume you know what i mean in general how much if you're doing a fantasy trade how much does the schedule actually weigh for you with half of the league past their buy now that's a thing right you want a player that's already had a buy but how often do you actually consider the schedule when looking at a trade? When it's only like fringe players, you know, like a fringe player is a better schedule matchup. I'm not, like Devonte Adams. I don't care if he's facing Jalen Ramsey. I don't care. You know, like, and you know, like, and then, you know, but, but if it's like Van Jefferson, then of course it's week by week because they're mm. not, they don't, you know, it's, it's not the, the, the reliable, like look at their past volume and then kind of push, you know, if you're just doing it quickly, it's like, what's their past volume where have they been? Produ- are you? They, are they being targeted or used in the red zone? Probably means they're going to continue to be used. And you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth had not necessarily the best uh, situation against the Bears, right? Bears were quote unquote good against tight ends, but they've been targeting him in the red area so much that like you're going to play him and his tight end. So it's a scarce position. So I like yep. Pat Fryermuth a lot going forward too. I like that. Me too. And inversely, the Bills, right? Got. We got woken up by the Jags. It happens in the NFL every once in a while. Happens. Mm-hmm. All right, Cynthia, a couple more questions here for you. Other than bringing back Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Barry Sanders, what can your Detroit Lions do to turn things around in 2022? Jared Goff comes over, obviously. Fun fact, Jared Goff is from my rival high school back home, 
where I'm from. And seemingly, I think a you know great player, top pick, obviously, but the Lions just have so many holes. But I've been saying on this show for two months, they're the most competitive winless team I've ever seen ever. They're in every game other than two that I can remember. They should have won most of these games here. As a fan, you know, take the analyst hat off maybe for a second. As a fan, what would you like to see here for Detroit moving forward? I mean, that 66-yard field goal. Come on. I, I struck a nerve. Yikes. Sorry. No, but look, <laughs> at, look, as a fan, I would just like to see something to, to build on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- this people, I'm not one to be like, it's all Jared Goff's fault. Blah, blah, like, stop it. No, that's not how this works. Like, and by the way, who are you going to get to replace him? Yeah. You know, like this draft class is not full of top prospects. Hopefully they can find one. It's likely they should take a defensive end, but knowing the lines, they'll take someone random, but mm-hmm. whatever. But long story short is like they need to do some things like have a cohesive strategy because what what it looked like when they came out blazing against the Rams, they were using gadget plays and and it worked for a while until it didn't. So at the end of the day, the defense hasn't been good in years. It's not a, it's not all in Jared Goff. He has no pass catchers other than TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Okay. But like give the guy some help. Like this is not a team. Many quarterbacks could Matthew Stafford's an awesome quarterback. He couldn't win with this team. So it's Mm -hmm. not a, it's not a, you know, it's just, we'd like to see something to build on. And unfortunately I just feel like they keep making the same decision over and over again and expecting different results. And I've, you know, I've now had 30 years of data on this. So. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. And, and the defense is the defense. I can't remember in 30 years of me watching football either that the lions have had any sort of uh, feared defense. They've had great weapons individually, um, and obviously they got Swift now and Panay Sewell, I think is going to be great for a long time. Offensive line sure. is building. Yeah, that's great. So right. We'll but you need like 53 players, you know, you, <laughs> you probably need like 30. Let's just say at least 30 that are at least average. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Final question here. I just wanted to know if you had maybe a sneak attack player. And I think there's a couple teams right now on the edge that are kind of like the easy bait here, but I'm just curious looking ahead again, we're halfway through the season for fantasy football. We've got, you know, seven, eight games left here for the regular season and the playoffs. An NFL team in each conference, not currently in the NFL playoff mm-hmm. picture and bracket, that might eventually make the playoffs. Now, like the, the Chiefs are on the on the line there, but we know they're the Chiefs, right? I mean, the Seahawks have been struggling, but they haven't had Russ for a month. So, like, that'll probably change. Something like that. Like, one of the teams that just kind of come out of nowhere in the second half, you think either coming back from injury, maybe they're just starting to gel, the coaching is starting to work out, what have you. Who are maybe some uh, dark horse teams, if you will, NFL purpose-wise, to maybe make the second half run? Yeah, I think the Seahawks are a good one. I told you they got those three games left that are seemingly very favorable, Texans, Jags, Lions. So, that helps. This division's the hardest. I don't know if the AFC North or the NFC West, the hardest division in football, it mm-hmm either um so both of them are hard and I, the afc west i thought was harder but i think they just beat each other up chiefs yeah. on the rise I, I i definitely think chiefs on the rise i think uh, if the colts aren't in for sure the court i think the colts will be in as well i think mm-hmm. that you know um the pats colts i think it's gonna be pats colts and then whoever from the a- afc north is the second one so browns it it would be who i think the the, the last one in is and I and I think the Steelers miss and I think the Bengals miss even after those strong starts I, unfortunately for the Steelers I just don't think their offense is awesome and yeah they play the Lions this week and they're going to look great but they had to go on like some really strange the, their wins have come with some strange things and 
now they're getting not healthy, like less healthy. So like Chase Claypool's not playing and their defense is awesome, but they just need a little bit of help from that offense. And it can be dicey at times. I love that. And there's a lot of, lot of uh, dark horses in the, the NFC too. We'll see what happens. Unfortunately, probably not my Niners at this point was very, I think uh, next, I think they're a much better team. <laughs> this is a weird, this is a weird season for your Niners. I think, look, I, I think that they probably, those rumors about trying to get Aaron Rodgers last year, I think those were true. Yep. And I think that when you spend your offseason constructing a team that's built around a guy like Aaron Rodgers and then you have to pivot just before the draft, it's going to make everything a little bit different, right? So I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think they'll course correct and Kyle's an awesome coach. So they're you're you're you'll be in great. I, I like the Niners too. I think I've have nothing but good things to say about the Niners. They've always treated me so well too. I have such a fun time at training camp up there. Awesome. So yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully I'll, I'll have an insider hat someday. I would love to meet John. Yeah. I've been a big fan, huge fan of him with the Bucks, even back as a player and Kyle really and the rest dude. of the crew. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. Cynthia, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Thank you for coming on to the show here to celebrate 500. I know it's a quick one, but I'm so uh, gracious for you to, to spend some time with us here. I know you got a big day Sunday, of course, every Sunday morning, NFL Network, y'all doing your thing. So shout out to you and everything that you do. And I really appreciate your work and just want to give you you know, a shout out as well for everything you do in the space and really, you know, setting the tone and an example for fantasy community who are numbers driven. It's almost a faux pas sometimes. And I, I just love it. So I love everything you do. It's been a, a pleasure connecting with you um, over the last handful of shows and finally getting you on TCK for the 500th episode. So thank you again for your time. And I can't wait to have you back on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And congrats on 500. That's such a huge accomplishment. I hope you are celebrating big Thanks. time. Once you post it and you are all set published and I'll come back in the off season, we can talk for longer. I'm, I really appreciate you including me. It means, it means the whole world to me. Oh, you're the best. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. TCK Potters, of course, go follow Cynthia Freeland, C Freeland on Twitter. You can find all of her accounts as well. And of course on NFL network and all NFL media sites. This is a quick one here for Cynthia Freeland. I'm Sky Guasco. We'll catch you on the next 500 shows of the Candlestick Kids fantasy football podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. Good luck, everybody. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.